At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari, and we officially have WNBA playoffs in action. They start Round ones on Wednesday and Thursday, so you know we're going to get into that. Later on with Calvin Wetzel from Spread the Floor, we'll talk all of the possible betting scenarios for you in those first four games between Wednesday and Thursday. But before that, we'll welcome in Adam Burke, VEASAN Sports Betting Analyst, to talk all things LA. We'll get a little Rams, maybe some Angels, Dodgers. There's a lot to discuss. But before we do any of that, let's take a look at the Los Angeles odds. So the Dodgers right now... Plus 150 to win the National League, plus 350 to win the World Series. Yes, they're at the top of the board for both of those. And they are in action uh, also on Wednesday. Tony Gonsolin on the mound for them at the Brewers. Eric Lauer on the mound for the Brewers. And the Dodgers, minus 165 on the money line. Brewers, plus 140 total for this one at 8.5. Run line for the Dodgers sitting around even money. And the Brewers, minus 120. The Dodgers' run lines have been cranking. They have been hitting very frequently. I actually just did the Los, uh, not Los Angeles City Cast. That's the show we're on. Just did uh, the baseball betting podcast with Greg Peterson from VSIN. And uh, that was really fun to talk to. And Greg does a great job of tracking 
all of the MLB really, but had me on to discuss the Dodgers and the Angels. And we were talking about how consistent the Dodgers have been hitting the run line, obviously, and if there should be any concerns with Tony Gonsolin. So that's also worth a listen if you want a little bit more baseball action to look at as well. Uh, as for the WNBA, we have playoffs and the lines are constantly moving. Getting that closing line value seems ever important uh, more and more. And unfortunately, the Los Angeles Sparks did not end up in the playoffs. So we'll just move ahead to the Rams, who uh, are hosting the Texans in a preseason game. They're one preseason home game, I believe, and they're three and a half point dogs. Even after beating the Chargers over the weekend on Saturday in their first preseason game, total for this one at 38 and a half. Lots of question marks popping up for me with the Rams, and we'll get Adam Burke's thoughts on all of that. As for the NFC West, plus 125 for the Rams to win it. The 49ers plus 160, the Cardinals at 4-1, to one, and the Seahawks at 16-1. to one. Really tight, really dicey. And if you want to look at that actual first week, not preseason, the Bills at the Rams. The Rams plus 2.5, the total for this one, 52. So expecting high-scoring games, and I think that's been kind of a consensus overall, as far as the preseason is concerned, especially that we've been seeing a little bit higher-scoring games than maybe we would have expected. The Chargers will have another preseason game on another Saturday. They host the Cowboys. Boys. They're three and a half point favorites in that one. Total for that one, 37 and a half. And their first game against the Raiders on September 11th, uh, hosting the Raiders, they are three and a half point dogs. Or no, excuse me, favorites. Three and a half point favorites versus the Raiders. That makes more sense. Total for that one, 52. In the AFC West, they are behind the Chiefs and the odds. They're plus 225. The Chiefs are plus 170 to win it. And you can find all those odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook, of course. So get ready to kick off fall and football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Just join today. August 17th, that's a Wednesday, for Win Total Wednesday. Today, players who place a wager on any NFL or NCAA football team season win total gets a free $10 BetRivers bet. Get that free money where you can. Head to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app all season long for the latest odds and unique promotions. They are your go-to sportsbook this fall. Check out BetRivers. It's a whole new game. At this time, let's welcome in Adam Burke, one of my favorite guests to have here on the LA City Cast. He's a VEASAN sports betting analyst. Adam, how are you doing? How are you getting ready for football right now? Good. I'm uh, just finishing up final prep with college football, trying to dig a little bit more into the NFL. Our NFL guide comes out next week over at VEASAN.com. And I did the write-ups for the NFC West, but now I'm trying to get caught up with the other 28 teams in the NFL. It's it's one of those things where for me, you know, baseball season's still going on. College football prep takes a lot of my time because – I think there's more betting opportunities in college football. So trying my best to get caught up here with the NFL and uh, certainly paying attention to the preseason helps kind of getting a feel for the depth on some of these teams. Yeah, it almost in a weird way reminds me of, of college when I would have like six different finals going on and they're all completely different subjects. And I'm like, okay, I have to spend all day on this subject. Okay, now I have to spend all day on this subject. So obviously WNBA playoffs taking up a lot of my time right now. You have baseball going on and we're all trying to get ready for uh, the king of betting here, football. So there's a lot that goes into this, obviously. But uh, there's a lot we can talk about, really. Let's start with the Rams First preseason win for them, by the way, in almost three years. They beat the Chargers over the weekend. Could not believe that that happened. But a um, couple injuries for them. Bobby Brown, ankle sprain for them, their defensive tackle. But he's suspended for the first six games anyways due to PEDs. So not a huge loss necessarily. But then there's a lot of other nagging questions with the Rams. And I had Matt Brown on a week ago, and we talked about how he 
is taking pause a little bit with betting the Rams, especially in the futures market, when we don't know what's going on with Stafford's elbow. We hear Sean McVay calling it an abnormal injury, a baseball injury, um, but that Stafford's going to be a full participant in practice on Tuesday, so we'll see how that actually shakes out for him with some some heavy action on his arm, but also Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson out with soft tissue injuries. So should we take pause or, or be concerned about the Rams heading into the start of the season? I think so. I mean, look, they were a top five healthiest team last year. That was something that definitely helped them in terms of man games lost where you, know, you have to stay healthy to, to win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes in the NFL. And then to play you know, the extra four games that they played in the postseason, that was a lot. We talked about it last week on the podcast here that Matthew Stafford had 741 pass attempts, I believe it was last year, on that elbow that's now bothering him. He's a guy that's had a back issue as well. So, yeah, I think there are a lot of reasons to be concerned just because – you know, those extra games, the the shortened offseason, you know, you're, what, maybe a couple months away from OTAs and all that after the Super Bowl ends, uh, you know, it definitely takes a toll. I mean, you know, my uh, my late great friend Brian Blessing used to say, you know, every hit in the NFL is a car crash. So you're taking all those extra hits in the playoffs with all that intensity and all of that. So, yeah, I think there are reasons to be concerned. Anytime, you know, people talk about a Super Bowl hangover, a lot of that generally has to be players just being tired and just, you know, dealing with, as you mentioned, some of these soft tissue injuries that now the Rams have. Yeah. And I'm wondering about some of the losses, obviously, too. I mean, OBJ not going to be there and was a huge injection for them in that second half of the season last year. And then, of course, Von Miller gone as well. Do you think that they'll feel either of those losses? Yeah, certainly. I think they'll definitely feel the Von Miller one. I mean, he was an impact mm -hmm. player when, when he came in. And also, you know, Robert Woods, you know, a guy who played yeah. very well for the first half of the season had that ACL that then they wound up bringing Beckham in. But you wonder how Allen Robinson fits in with this team and if he's going to be a guy that's a good you know, wide receiver too behind Cooper Cup. Also some changes on the offensive line with Whitworth retiring, Corbett the center moves on. You know, they're kind of doing mm -hmm. some shuffling there. Uh, it's, you know, I mean, look, every team goes through changes. Guys get paid in free agency after they win a Super Bowl, all of that. And there are enough reasons to be concerned with the schedule, let alone just the personnel. So... I know there are some smart people out there that are looking at Rams season win total under, looking at some alt season win total mm -hmm. unders. I'm not that pessimistic about the team, but I would be surprised if they stay as healthy. I would be surprised if Matt Stafford starts all 17 games. So I think there are some some health questions for this team going forward. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think that last year I felt a lot more confident that this Rams team could really be dominant. And then, of course, again, the elbow issue for Matthew Stafford goes back to last season. So when it's been this long and nagging, you just wonder what it's going to look like again another halfway into a season. So I do have questions. Uh, I also have questions about the Chargers, but there are probably more positive questions here. I, I kind of talked about an article that The Athletic did with Brandon Staley on the podcast yesterday, and uh, that he's very heavily analytics based and we kind of talked about how sports betters actually love that. Yeah, for sure. I look, I think it's a great thing. I mean, I think that you should have some models. You should have, I think in every sport, there should be a game theory expert on the sideline in the dugout, whatever the case may be of saying, look, here's what the numbers say. If you want to take them, take them. If you don't totally get it, but that's what I'm here for. I'm here to provide the information, give you all of the knowledge possible to make the right decision. And, and something that a lot of people really focus on in the gambling community is early down success for these NFL teams. You know, mm -hmm. are they getting to a third and two, to a third and three, instead of a third and six, third and seven, stuff like that? Because it's much easier to convert those third downs with short yardage. But Brandon Staley kind of mentioned it in the article. He's like, look, you know, now we're kind of a four down team. 
you know, we're able to use all of them if we need to. So that can kind of change our play calling. That can sort of change what our goals are on first and second down. And I think that's really important in today's NFL where you know, the game has changed. You're seeing more passing on first down. You're seeing kind of more of the RPO structure and, and stuff like that, where I think it makes sense to consider yourself a four down team. And if you need it and you're, you know, plus side of midfield or close to midfield, something like that, go ahead and go for it, you know, and then obviously every team is going to be different. I mean, the chargers will see if their defense is improved. If it's not, this could backfire. If it is, then you're, you know, you have a good defense that if you don't get it on fourth down, you are still able to get the ball back. So every team's situation is different, but I, I tend to really prioritize teams that go all in with analytics in a lot of sports, major league baseball, especially, but we're seeing more and more of it in the NFL. And, you know, John Harbaugh is a guy with the Ravens. He's pretty aggressive on fourth down. They tend to make a lot of smart, sound, calculated decisions on fourth down. It certainly helped them. I don't see why it wouldn't help the Chargers this season. And I remember even just last season having you on the pod and you talking about how much you like Staley as a head coach and his approach. Uh, and it's interesting because some people are so quick to come at him because, again, uh, he said this in the article that analytics is almost a word you don't want associated with football. It seems like it should be a math thing or, or all these other things. And so I just think that it's interesting because especially coming from the sports betting perspective, you would think that we obviously rely a little bit on analytics. But also, I think we've talked about this on the pod before. Uh, that they're starting to see data too, or, or some people are starting to do studies or notice that people who are involving that qualitative data are actually doing a little bit better sometimes than if you're just doing straight up modeling. And I feel like that maybe is where Staley fell short sometimes as they made these calls that everyone was like, okay, but look at the whole picture. Don't just look at the model. So I do think he talks about the mistakes from last year. And I think that he'll take a step forward with Herbert this year. Well, and let's be honest. I mean, the, there's the decision to go for it on fourth down, kick it away, kick a field goal, whatever. Then there's also the play that you call. Then there's also the execution of that play. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you could you could have a fourth and two where your model absolutely says to go for it. You pick the play and the left tackle false starts or somebody misses an assignment, something like that. And then all of a sudden it looks bad on the coach when the players didn't execute. You know, the coach is making a decision to put the team in the best possible position to succeed, but the team has to follow through and, you know, succeed and execute that play. So mm -hmm. that's where I think it kind of gets, for lack of a better term, bastardized a little bit, where, you know, people just kind of associate analytics as this catch-all term, you know, everyone's all numbers and model-based, and, yeah, that's part of it, but also there is the human element of what play do we call and do the humans that are on the field in the pads actually do what they're supposed to do on that play? So I think analytics gets a bad rap because it becomes this catch-all term for every numbers-based decision. And, and mm -hmm. there's a lot more to it than that. It's not black and white. It's still a very gray kind of thing. Well, it's such a good point you make because there's human error. And we talk about that with betting all the time too, obviously. So I just thought it was really interesting. And I'm excited to see. I think that we're going to see steps forward from from both of these guys. So I'm really excited to see the Chargers. And it's funny because I feel everyone talking about the Rams, obviously, because they're at the top of these odds boards. But I have more questions about them than I do about the Chargers at this point. I do think they did an incredible job in the offseason and bolstered everything, uh, including their defense that they really needed to focus on. Fortunately, they're also not really dealing with like a big injury issue. So... I think one other thing about the Chargers is they don't have the Seahawks in their division. You know, they don't have an easy <laughs> team within that division like the Rams do. I mean, even I know some people that even like the Raiders to make the playoffs, which 
I mean, in a division where you've got the Broncos Am now I with the Russ, only one who does not believe in Derek Carr. You know, here's <laughs> I give the... him a hard time. I know I do. I, I give him a harder time than other quarterbacks in this league, but I just don't think he's that special. I'm sorry to say. I think that's fair. I mean, I, I also think that Josh McDaniels will help him, and certainly Devontae Adams will help him a ton. I mean, having a world-class wide receiver one definitely helps quite a bit. And he was good with John Gruden, who, say what you will about John Gruden, the person, but you know he's a great game scripter. They were very successful in the red zone, but then when Rich Passaccia took over, they struggled in the red zone, and they had a lot of issues with that. They never should have been a playoff team last year. They won a bunch of lucky games late in the season, but their execution in, in the high leverage plays and the high leverage situations on the field really took a nosedive when Gruden wound up having to resign. So if that's something that they can fix with Josh McDaniels, and the reality of it is, I don't know. I mean, Josh McDaniels is a guy that he could have gotten a million head coaching jobs, but he either mm -hmm. wasn't offered an interview or didn't get picked for it. You know, it's not like this guy was, you know, some new kid on the block as an offensive coordinator. He's been around for a long time. And I kind of wonder about that. You know, if, if maybe he just likes to if there's something that previous front offices haven't liked about how he interviews or about his body of work or whatever. I think the Raiders are kind of a giant wild card and maybe be a wild card team. But I think they're kind of a wild Literally. card where they could be very good. But it also wouldn't shock me if something goes wrong and they're six and 11, seven and 10, something like that. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you on that. I. I, it's funny because you mentioned the Seahawks, obviously, and the Rams having kind of an easy person in their division. One of the things you can bet on at Bet Rivers is these series bets. So 49ers and Rams, Cardinals and Rams, and Rams and Seahawks. So uh, either for them to split the series for the season or for one team to sweep. Uh, obviously, Rams to beat the Seahawks in both games is minus 182. You think the Seahawks are going to win both? You get 14 to 1, and that's for obvious reasons. Uh, but I talked about the 49ers one, too. The 49ers to win both games in the regular season is 14 Four to one. I think it's interesting. It's interesting. And, and you know, I, I like that those different kinds of, of bets are being offered here. I, I think there's right. kind of overkill a little bit in the market to a degree that there's just too much out there to try and decide on. But, you know, something it's like to that disorient is, you. Right. It, it, there's a <laughs> lot. There's a lot going on. I mean, it's, you know, it used to be 10 years ago or so I'd come out here not to go off on a long tangent, but 10, 12 years ago, I'd come out here and I'd, you know, meet up with some of my mentors in the industry, guys that I really respected, and they're still chugging all over town, picking up the Super Bowl prop catalogs. You know, they're running from book to book to get their bets in, and now it's like every day is like the Super Bowl prop catalog uh, mm -hmm. at a lot of these places in the legal U.S. market. It's, it's crazy. It's a lot to try and keep up with for sure. Speaking of a lot to keep up with, I want to ask you about baseball before we let you go as well. So Dodgers, Walker Bueller, season-ending surgery next week. This is huge. He obviously has pitched more postseason innings than anyone else uh, since his playoff debut in 2018. What does this mean for the Dodgers and, and already stacked team, guys? Come on. Yeah, stacked team. Dustin May comes back this weekend as well, so he'll make his uh, he'll make his return to the rotation. Look, it, it sucks for Walker Bueller, and, and obviously you want a pitcher like Walker Bueller, but it almost feels like the Dodgers – knew that this was a possibility. They were just kind of waiting to see how his rehab and, and recovery would go. And then they looked at their team situation and said, you know what, we're probably okay. Go ahead and do this. And let's make sure that you're good to go, you know, in a reasonable period of time next year. So I think it was probably a decision from both sides where they kind of played the waiting game for a little while because 
I mean, they didn't have to make a rash decision on it, and he didn't respond the way that he should have, and so they're deciding to go this route. And you know, look, anytime you don't have Walker Bueller, you could consider that a negative, but mm. it'd be a much greater negative for any team not named the Dodgers. So I, I think they'll yes. still be okay. That that's exactly how I felt. Is this would be catastrophic for anybody but the Dodgers. Otherwise, it, they're going to be okay. It's it's not ideal. Of course, but they're going to be okay, I think. Uh, also, the Angels, we don't have a lot to talk about with them, frankly. I mean, I don't know if you saw Monday night's game. The ninth inning for them was uh, a... I was going to say shit show. I don't think I'm allowed to say that. Dumpster fire. Uh, <laughs> it's not anyway, but so I, I assume you're allowed to say it now. I did. I did say it, but we'll just move on past it because Mike Trout is back. He's cleared to run and throw. Uh, so... Batting practice, he's back in the mix. What does that mean for the Angels? Yeah, say this is my second straight appearance where you've used dumpster fire because I remember yeah, last week you told that's me my that favorite. Uh, Stormy had never heard of it before. Dumpster fire, train wreck. I think it goes train wreck and then dumpster fires below train wreck is how it works for you, me. The other word you used is number one for me. But uh, <laughs> is, it, is it one word or is it two words? By the way, I, I don't, I don't exactly know. But uh, different vernaculars. <laughs> but look, I mean, the Angels are twelve and twelve since the All Star break. I mean. That's not good, but it's certainly much more respectable than they had been previously. And man, how the expectations have just dropped off the cliff for the yeah. Angels. Like they go on the 14 game losing streak and we're like, at least they're 12 and 12 now, but that's where we're at. You know, with, uh, well, I mean, obviously Trout is still out, but as you said, kind of getting cleared for baseball activities now and yeah. we'll see what happens. I mean, look, they were, a, uh, they were league average or above offense against lefties in April and May that has dropped off substantially. June, July, and August. They're about 38% below league average against lefties over the last three months. And Trout will help with that if he is able to come back, and we'll see how hard they push him to come back. But I will say this. We've spent a lot of time beating up on the Angels here on this show. I'll go ahead and throw out a silver lining here. Patrick Sandoval looks great. Reed Detmers has really looked good in his last five or six starts. And mm -hmm. I'm hoping I don't jinx him because I'm on the first five under here on Tuesday night, but <laughs> Jose Suarez has looked pretty good here of late as well. Now, the caveat to that is he's faced the A's twice, but, you know, his pitch mix looks a lot better. You know, he's kind of cut down on the walk rate a little bit, a lot more swing and miss overall this season. They're kind of figuring some things out on the pitching side. And this is usually the first thing that we see from an organization when they have a regime change at the top, when they change their front mm. office around you, know, you get usually a front office that's a little bit more analytics-based, analytics-savvy to come full circle here. You see the pitching improve before the hitting does. So the pitching, I think, has improved, at least from a starting rotation standpoint, for the Angels here throughout the course of the season. Uh, but they just need to get better defensively and, and obviously find a way to get Trout and Otani some help offensively. But their starting pitching's getting a little bit better here. So there's at least a silver lining in that. That's nice. I think Angels fans will appreciate that one. And also, to your point, I know that you also noticed a trend with kind of how they were hitting against lefties as well and how that's kind of evolved over the season. Yeah, it's like I said, when, when Trout went out, things got really, really bad. And, mm -hmm. you know, Tani is a guy, he's mauling right-handed pitching this season, but he's been a below-league average hitter against lefties. I mean, it just kind of mm -hmm. is what it is when you're lefty-lefty. And they just don't have enough talent in the lineup to, to be able to overcome something like that. So... If and when Trout comes back, they'll improve against lefties. Maybe that's something that they'll focus on here uh, in free agency. But still, this is a team, while the pitching's getting better, they don't have the minor league currency to make the lineup any better. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't really know. Next year, they may be a team that plays a lot of unders 
Um, I don't know if I'll look for them from a season win total standpoint under. I could definitely talk myself into it. But I think this will be a team next year where the pitching is better. The defense is probably better. The offense, maybe not so much. Yeah. I have nothing to add. I agree with you completely. And it's it's amazing, actually, how much we had to talk about the Angels. So yeah. I'm impressed by that. And to your point, the Dodgers are a team that actually prioritize their young talent and know how important that is to build up. Um, I know that as well. That's why I have Adam Burke on the podcast. So thank you so much for uh, coming on, Adam. And we'll have you back on real soon. Sounds good. I like you being, I like you calling me young talent. I think I'm like five or yeah. six years older than you. So thanks young for calling Adam. me young. Young Appreciate Adam, it. for sure. That's my Re- rapper redefining- name. Yeah, young Adam with a like no O, right? Just Y U N G. Of course, <laughs> got to keep it cool on this. Um, WNBA playoffs are going on, and we're gonna have Calvin Wetzel from Spread the Floor here to break it all down with me. Round one starting on Wednesday. We'll be back on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. Check out betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. At this time, let's welcome in Adam Berg, one of my favorite guests to have here on the LA City Cast. He's a VEASAN sports betting analyst. Adam, how are you doing? How are you getting ready for football right now? Good. I'm uh, just finishing up final prep with college football, trying to dig a little bit more into the NFL. Our NFL guide comes out next week over at VEASAN.com. And I did the write-ups for the NFC West, but now I'm trying to get caught up with the other 28 teams in the NFL. It's it's one of those things where for me, you know, baseball season's still going on. College football prep takes a lot of my time because – I think there's more betting opportunities in college football. So trying my best to get caught up here with the NFL and uh, certainly paying attention to the preseason helps kind of getting a feel for the depth on some of these teams. Yeah, it almost in a weird way reminds me of of college when I would have like six different finals going on and they're all completely different subjects. And I'm like, okay, I have to spend all day on this subject. Okay, now I have to spend all day on this subject. So obviously WNBA playoffs taking up a lot of my time right now. You have baseball going on and we're all trying to get ready for uh, the king of betting here, football. So there's a lot that goes into this, obviously. But uh, there's a lot we can talk about, really. Let's start with the Rams First preseason win for them, by the way, in almost three years. They beat the Chargers over the weekend. Could not believe that that happened. But a couple injuries for them. Bobby Brown, ankle sprain for them, their defensive tackle. But he's suspended for the first six games anyways due to PEDs. So not a huge loss necessarily. But then there's a lot of other nagging questions with the Rams. And I had Matt Brown on a week ago, and we talked about how he is taking pause a little bit with betting the Rams, especially in the futures market when we don't know what's going on with Stafford's elbow. We hear Sean McVay calling it an abnormal injury, a baseball injury, um, but that Stafford's going to be a full participant in practice on Tuesday. So we'll see how that actually shakes out for him with some, some heavy action on his arm, but also Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson out with soft tissue injuries. So should we take pause or, or be concerned about the Rams heading into the start of the season? I think so. I mean, look, they were a top five healthiest team last year. That was something that definitely helped them in terms of man games lost, where you, know, you have to stay healthy to, to win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes in the NFL. And then to play you know, the extra four games that they played in the postseason, that was a lot. We talked about it last week on the podcast here that Matthew Stafford had 741 pass attempts, I believe it was last year, on that elbow that's now bothering him. He's a guy that's had a back issue as well. So, yeah, I think there are a lot of reasons to be concerned just because – you know, those extra games, the the shortened off season, you know, you're, what, maybe a couple months away from OTAs and all that after the Super Bowl ends. 
uh, you know, it definitely takes a toll. I mean, you know, my uh, my late great friend Brian Blessing used to say, you know, every hit in the NFL is a car crash. So <laughs> you're taking all those extra hits in the playoffs with all that intensity and all of that. So, yeah, I think there are reasons to be concerned. Anytime, you know, people talk about a Super Bowl hangover, a lot of that generally has to be players just being tired and just, you know, dealing with, as you mentioned, some of these soft tissue injuries that now the Rams have. Yeah, and I'm wondering about some of the losses, obviously, too. I mean, OBJ not going to be there and was a huge injection for them in that second half of the season last year. And then, of course, Von Miller gone as well. Do you think that they'll feel either of those losses? Yeah, certainly. I think they'll definitely feel the Von Miller one. I mean, he was an impact mm-hmm. player when, when he came in. And also, you know, Robert Woods, you know, a guy who played yeah. very well for the first half of the season, had that ACL that then they wound up bringing Beckham in. But you wonder how Allen Robinson fits in with this team and if he's going to be a guy – that's a good you know, wide receiver, too, behind Cooper Cup. Also, some changes on the offensive line with Whitworth retiring. Corbett, the center, moves on. You know, they're kind of doing Whitworth. some shuffling there. Uh, it's, you know, I mean, look, every team goes through changes. Guys get paid in free agency after they win a Super Bowl, all of that. And there are enough reasons to be concerned with the schedule, let alone just the personnel. So I, I know there are some smart people out there that are looking at Rams season win total under, looking at some alt season win total mm. unders. I'm not that pessimistic about the team, but I would be surprised if they stay as healthy. I would be surprised if Matt Stafford starts all 17 games. So I think there are some some health questions for this team going forward. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think that last year I felt a lot more confident that this Rams team could really be dominant. And then, of course, again, the elbow issue for Matthew Stafford goes back to last season. So when it's been this long and nagging, you just wonder what it's going to look like, again, another halfway into a season. So I do have questions. Uh, I also have questions about the Chargers, but there are probably more positive questions here. I, I kind of talked about an article that The Athletic did with Brandon Staley on the podcast yesterday, and uh, that he's very heavily analytics based and we kind of talked about how sports betters actually love that. Yeah, for sure. I look, I think it's a great thing. I mean, I think that you should have some models. You should have, I think in every sport, there should be a game theory expert on the sideline in the dugout, whatever the case may be of saying, look, here's what the numbers say. If you want to take them, take them. If you don't totally get it, but that's what I'm here for. I'm here to provide the information, give you all of the knowledge possible to make the right decision. And, and something that a lot of people really focus on in the gambling community is early down success for these NFL teams. You know, mm-hmm. are they getting to a third and two, to a third and three, instead of a third and six, third and seven, stuff like that? Because it's much easier to convert those third downs with short yardage. But Brandon Staley kind of mentioned it in the article. He's like, look, you know, now we're kind of a four down team. You know, we're able to use all of them if we need to. So that can kind of change our play calling. That can sort of change what our goals are on first and second down. And I think that's really important in today's NFL where the game has changed. You're seeing more passing on first down. You're seeing kind of more of the RPO structure and and stuff like that, where I think it makes sense to consider yourself a four down team. And if you need it and you're, you know, plus side of midfield or close to midfield, something like that, go ahead and go for it, you know, and then obviously every team is going to be different. I mean, the chargers will see if their defense is improved. If it's not, this could backfire if it is, then you're, you know, you have a good defense that if you don't get it on fourth down, you are still able to get the ball back. So every team's situation is different, but I I tend to really prioritize teams that go all in with analytics in a lot of sports, Major League Baseball especially, but we're seeing more and more of it in the NFL. And, you know, John Harbaugh is a guy with the Ravens. He's pretty aggressive on fourth down. They tend to make a lot of smart, sound, calculated decisions on fourth down. 
it certainly helped them. I don't see why it wouldn't help the Chargers this season. And I remember even just last season having you on the pod and you talking about how much you like Staley as a head coach and his approach. Uh, and it's interesting because some people are so quick to come at him because, again, I, he said this in the article that analytics is almost a word you don't want associated with football. It seems like it should be a math thing or, or all these other things. And so I just think that it's interesting because especially coming from the sports betting perspective, you would think that we obviously rely a little bit on analytics. But also, I think we've talked about this on the pod before, that they're starting to see data too, or, or some people are starting to do studies or notice that people who are involving that qualitative data are actually doing a little bit better sometimes than if you're just doing straight up modeling. And I feel like that maybe is where Staley fell short sometimes as he made these calls that everyone was like, okay, but look at the whole picture. Don't just look at the model. So I do think he talks about the mistakes from last year. And I think that he'll take a step forward with Herbert this year. Well, and let's be honest. I mean, the, there's the decision to go for it on fourth down, kick it away, kick a field goal, whatever. Then there's also the play that you call. Then there's also the execution of that play. You know, mm. I mean, you could you could have a fourth and two where your model absolutely says to go for it. You pick the play and the left tackle false starts or somebody misses an assignment, something like that. And then all of a sudden it looks bad on the coach when the players didn't execute. You know, the coach is making a decision to put the team in the best possible position to succeed. But the team has to follow through and, you know, succeed and execute that play. So mm -hmm. that's where I think it kind of gets, for lack of a better term, bastardized a little bit, where, you know, people just kind of associate analytics as this catch-all term, you know, everyone's all numbers and model-based, and yeah, that's part of it, but also there is the human element of what play do we call, and do the humans that are on the field in the pads actually mm -hmm. do what they're supposed to do on that play? So I think analytics gets a bad rap because it becomes this catch-all term for every numbers-based decision. And, and mm -hmm. there's a lot more to it than that. It's not black and white. It's still a very gray kind of thing. Well, it's such a good point you make because there's human error. And we talk about that with betting all the time too, obviously. So I just thought it was really interesting. And I'm excited to see. I think that we're going to see steps forward from, from both of these guys. So I'm really excited to see the Chargers. And it's funny because I feel everyone talking about the Rams, obviously, because they're at the top of these odds boards. But I have more questions about them than I do about the Chargers at this point. I do think they did an incredible job in the offseason and bolstered everything, uh, including their defense that they really needed to focus on. Fortunately, they're also not really dealing with like a big injury issue. So... I think one other thing about the Chargers is they don't have the Seahawks in their division. You know, they don't have an easy <laughs> team within that division like the Rams do. I mean, even I know some people that even like the Raiders to make the playoffs, which, I mean, in a division where you've got the Broncos Am now I with the Russ, only one who does not believe in Derek Carr. You know, here's I give the... him a hard time. I know I do. I, I give him a harder time than other quarterbacks in this league, but I just don't think he's that special. I'm sorry to say. I think that's fair. I mean, I, I also think that Josh McDaniels will help him, and certainly Devontae Adams will help him a ton. I mean, having a world-class wide receiver one definitely helps quite a bit. And he was good with John Gruden, who, say what you will about John Gruden the person, but you know he's a great game scripter. They were very successful in the red zone, but then when Rich Bisaccia took over, they struggled in the red zone, and they had a lot of issues with that. They never should have been a playoff team last year. They won a bunch of lucky games late in the season, but their execution in the high leverage plays and the high leverage situations on the field really took a nosedive when Gruden wound up having to resign. So if that's something that they can fix with Josh McDaniels, and the reality of it is, I don't know. I mean, Josh McDaniels is a guy that he could have gotten a million head coaching jobs, but he either mm -hmm. wasn't offered an interview or didn't get picked for it. 
You know, it's not like this guy was, you know, some new kid on the block as an offensive coordinator. He's been around for a long time. And I kind of wonder about that. You know, if, if maybe he just likes to if there's something that previous front offices haven't liked about how he interviews or about his body of work or whatever. I think the Raiders are kind of a giant wild card and maybe be a wild card team, but I think they're kind of a wild Literally. card where <laughs> they could be very good, but it also wouldn't shock me if something goes wrong and they're six and 11, seven and 10, something like that. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you on that. I, I, it's funny because you mentioned the Seahawks, obviously, and the Rams having kind of an easy person in their division. One of the things you can bet on at BetRivers is these series bets. So 49ers and Rams, Cardinals and Rams, and Rams and Seahawks. So uh, either for them to split the series for the season or for one team to sweep. Uh, obviously, Rams to beat the Seahawks in both games is minus 182. Do you think the Seahawks are going to win both? You get 14 to 1, and that's for obvious reasons. Uh, but I talked about the 49ers one, too. The 49ers to win both games in the regular season is four to one. I think it's interesting. It's interesting. And, and, you know, I, I like that those different kinds of, of bets are being offered here. I, I think there's right. kind of overkill a little bit in the market to a degree that there's just too much out there to try and decide on, but you know, something it's like to that disorient is, you, right. It, it, there's a <laughs> lot, there's a lot going on. I mean, it's, you know, it used to be 10 years ago or so I'd come out here not to go off on a long tangent, but 10, 12 years ago, I'd come out here and I'd, you know, meet up with some of my mentors in the industry, guys that I really respected, and they're still chugging all over town, picking up the Super Bowl prop catalogs. You know, they're running from book to book to get their bets in, and now it's like every day is like the Super Bowl prop catalog uh, mm -hmm. in a lot of these places in the legal U.S. market. It's, it's crazy. It's a lot to try and keep up with for sure. Speaking of a lot to keep up with, I want to ask you about baseball before we let you go as well. So Dodgers, Walker Bueller, season-ending surgery next week. This is huge. He obviously has pitched more postseason innings than anyone else uh, since his playoff debut in 2018. What does this mean for the Dodgers and, and already stacked team, guys? Come on. Yeah, stacked team. Dustin May comes back this weekend as well, so he'll make his, uh, he'll make his return to the rotation. Look, it, it sucks for Walker Bueller, and, and obviously you want a pitcher like Walker Bueller, but it almost feels like the Dodgers – knew that this was a possibility. They were just kind of waiting to see how his rehab and, and recovery would go. And then they looked at their team situation and said, you know what, we're probably okay. Go ahead and do this. And let's make sure that you're good to go, you know, in a reasonable period of time next year. So I think it was probably a decision from both sides where they kind of played the waiting game for a little while because, I mean, they didn't have to make a rash decision on it and he didn't respond the way that he should have. And so they're deciding to go this route and, you know, look, anytime you don't have Walker Bueller, you could consider that a negative, but mm. it'd be a much greater negative for any team not named the Dodgers. So I, I think they'll yes. still be okay. That That's exactly how I felt, is this would be catastrophic for anybody but the Dodgers. Otherwise, it, they're going to be okay. It's, it's not ideal, of course, but they're going to be okay, I think. Uh, also, the Angels, we don't have a lot to talk about with them, frankly. I mean, I don't know if you saw Monday night's game. The ninth inning for them was uh. a... I was going to say shit show. I don't think I'm allowed to say that. Dumpster fire. Uh, <laughs> it's not anyway, but so I, I assume you're allowed to say it now. I did. I did say it, but we'll just move on past it because Mike Trout is back. He's cleared to run and throw. Uh, so batting practice, he's back in the mix. What does that mean for the Angels? Yeah, say this is my second straight appearance where you've used dumpster fire because I remember yeah, last week you told that's me my that favorite. Uh, Stormy had never heard of it before. Dumpster fire, train wreck. I think it goes train wreck and then dumpster fires below train wreck is how it works for you, me. The other word you used is number one for me. 
But uh, <laughs> is, it, is it one word or is it two words? By the way, I, I don't I don't exactly know. But uh, different vernaculars. <laughs> but look, I mean, the Angels are twelve and twelve since the All Star break. I mean, that's not good, but it's certainly much more respectable than they had been previously. And man, how the expectations have just dropped off <laughs> for the yeah. Angels. Like they go on the fourteen game losing streak, and we're like. At least they're 12 and 12 now, but that's where we're at. You know, with, uh, well, I mean, obviously Trout is still out, but as you said, kind of getting cleared for baseball activities now. And yeah. we'll see what happens. I mean, look, they were a, a, they were league average or above offense against lefties in April and May. That has dropped off substantially June, July, and August. They're about 38% below league average against lefties over the last three months. And Trout will help with that if he is able to come back, and we'll see how hard they push him to come back. But I will say this. We've spent a lot of time beating up on the Angels here on this show. I'll go ahead and throw out a silver lining here. Patrick Sandoval looks great. Reed Detmers has really looked good in his last five or six starts. And mm -hmm. I'm hoping I don't jinx him because I'm on the first five under here on Tuesday night. But <laughs> Jose Suarez has looked pretty good here of late as well. Now, the caveat to that is he's faced the A's twice. But, you know, his pitch mix looks a lot better. You know, he's kind of cut down on the walk rate a little bit. A lot more swing and miss overall this season. They're kind of figuring some things out on the pitching side. And this is usually the first thing that we see from an organization when they have a regime change at the top, when they change their front mm -hmm. office around. You know, you get usually a front office that's a little bit more analytics-based, analytics-savvy to come full circle here. You see the pitching improve before the hitting does. So the pitching, I think, has improved, at least from a starting rotation standpoint, for the Angels here throughout the course of the season. Uh, but they just need to get better defensively and, and obviously find a way to get Trout and Otani some help offensively. But their starting pitching's getting a little bit better here. So there's at least a silver lining in that. That's nice. I think Angels fans will appreciate that one. And also to your point, I know that you also noticed a trend with kind of how they were hitting against lefties as well and how that's kind of evolved over the season. Yeah, it's like I said, when, when Trout went out, things got really, really bad. And, mm -hmm. you know, Tani is a guy, he's mauling right-handed pitching this season, but he's been a below-league below average hitter against lefties. I mean, it just kind of mm -hmm. is what it is when you're lefty-lefty, and they just don't have enough talent in the lineup to, to be able to overcome something like that. So if and when Trout comes back, they'll improve against lefties. Maybe that's something that they'll focus on here uh, in free agency. But still, this is a team, while the pitching's getting better, they don't have the minor league currency to make the lineup any better. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't really know. Next year, they may be a team that plays a lot of unders. Um, I don't know if I'll look for them from a season win total standpoint under. I could definitely talk myself into it. But I think this will be a team next year where the pitching is better. The defense is probably better. The offense, maybe not so much. Yeah. I have nothing to add. I agree with you completely. And it's it's amazing, actually, how much we had to talk about the Angels. So yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed by that. And to your point, the Dodgers are a team that actually prioritize their young talent and know how important that is to build up. Um, I know that as well. That's why I have Adam Burke on the podcast. So thank you so much for uh, coming on, Adam, and we'll have you back on real soon. Sounds good. I like you being, I like you calling me young talent. I think I'm like five or yeah. six years older than you. So thanks young for calling Adam. me young. Young Appreciate Adam, it. for sure. That's my Re rapper redefining name. Yeah, young Adam with a like no O, right? Just right, Y U exactly. N G. Of course, <laughs> got to keep it cool on this. Um, WNBA playoffs are going on, and we're gonna have Calvin Wetzel from Spread the Floor here to break it all down with me. Round one starting on Wednesday. We'll be back on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.